we're starting this new series, as um, Steve said, and I, I don't know how I got picked to be the first guy to go after camp, but uh, it, it's cool. We're all, we're all tired, and it's the best tired that you'll ever feel because of camp. So um, we're starting on this, and I, I'm excited about this series because I haven't had the opportunity to hear guys like uh, Wilson and uh, Shannon speak, so I'm excited to hear them bring the word later on this month. Um, but today, what we're going to talk about in this, story, uh, in this series is we're going to talk about trust today. And it's funny with trust, as I was thinking about it, I kind of sat down at my computer and I was figuring out, okay, I need to get an outline of the sermon down. Okay, trust, trust. Okay, what do I know about trust? And the more I thought about it, I realized, you know, the Bible says that we're, we're born into sin, right? But I also realized that we're kind of born into trust, we naturally trust when we're really young. And uh, I remember when we had first moved up here, you know, this was uh, last January. Um, and we had just moved into our house and Ethan was playing on the steps and he'd run up about four or five steps and he'd just launch himself off into my arms, right? And it was fun and we were giggling and we were doing it a bunch. And I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but I kind of got distracted as he was crawling up the stairs. Something happened or the dog yelped or something. And I kind of looked away for a second and Ethan just fell, right? He just went for it. Now, luckily I caught him. Uh, otherwise my wife would have killed me. But um, it was one of those things that kind of got my adrenaline going because he just assumed that I was going to be there. He just assumed that I was going to be there again to catch him, right? He didn't even, he, he could even look and see that I wasn't paying attention to him, but he went anyway because he's like, man, dad's not going to let me fall, right? And it's just something he naturally had inside of him. But as I started thinking about that and remembering that story, I realized we're really born into fear as well. And it reminded me of a story of Hannah. We were at some friend's house, and Hannah was hanging out, and uh, she went to grab something from the dog. And the dog started showing the teeth, right? And Hannah's never been bit by a dog before or anything. She has no reason in her mind to know that something's wrong, but something inside of her didn't like that. Right? And she immediately started crying. The dog didn't bite her or anything, but that dog growling at her and showing his teeth to her really put her on the edge of her seat. And she was going, man, and she immediately started crying. We picked her up and everything. But I realized, man, we're born into these two sides of, of trusting, but we also have this fear side. And that's what we're going to look at today is that. Um, I didn't say this to uh, the first service, but this, is, this message is going to be straight to the point. This isn't going to be a long drawn out thing. This is going to be a straight to the point message about trusting in the Lord. And when we think about trust, really experiences that we go through in life taint our trust. And I don't know if you can, if you've ever felt that way, but as you're growing up, right, from being a little kid, you start having these experiences in life. Maybe in elementary school, you have the kid who steals your lunch or something. And then all of a sudden you don't trust that kid anymore. Or you get later on in high school and you're in a relationship with a girl and, you know, she, she cheats on you. I don't know, cheat in high school, but, you know, high school relationships are weird. But uh, she held hands with another guy or something and now you don't trust her anymore. And now you don't trust that guy. And, and, and you, all these different experiences growing up, all of a sudden your trust starts to be really shaken. And you start to pick and choose, man, who can I trust and who can't I trust? And even the people that you do trust sometimes end up misusing your trust. I don't know if any of you guys have been in that, but I think we've all been in a situation before where somebody that we were really close to, like we were put in a situation where we felt like we couldn't trust them anymore. 
And uh, it, it only seems human to automatically build up a wall when that kind of stuff happens. And uh, each bad experience being a new stone. And some of you sitting here today may have this whole castle built around yourself because you have uh, people have abused that trust so much in your life. And we learn uh, to almost trust no one. I don't know if you guys have heard that phrase before, the trust no one. I always think of like an old school battle movie, like take the message to Elendor and trust no one. But anyway, that was weird. Uh, but that's what I think of when I think of that. I think of those old medieval, like, you know, somebody's going on a long journey or something, and they say, don't trust anybody along the way. And we kind of turn into that person throughout our lives, right? And, uh, and some of us are able to, you know, you be in a, get in a great marriage, and then you're able to trust your spouse. And, and sometimes you'll see in these marriages that um, people are finally able to open up and finally let their guards down and be able to trust somebody for the first time. Uh, in their marriage, but it's, it's because of all the things that we've gone through in life. They leave us skeptical. They leave us fearful that we're going to get hurt, that we're going to be abused in some way, that something wrong is going to happen to us. And so we tend to shy away. And uh, I want to talk about a story in the Bible today where there was a guy who was a little skeptical and a little fearful too. So if you guys want to go ahead and open your Bibles um, to Matthew 14, if you have your Bibles or if you have your iPad or your iPhone or any phone or whatever you want. Let me open us with prayer as you guys are doing that. Father, we pray today as we dive into your word and we read a, uh, a story about you, Jesus, that you would uh, open the word up to us and make it alive and um, put, us in, uh, put us in that uh, reality of what you're trying to speak to us through this. And Jesus, you're amazing. We thank you so much for Northview and having this opportunity to get together and study your word. Father, we just pray that you'd continue to edify us in your word and that we'd be attentive to that. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so before we, we, before we start reading uh, on Matthew 14, just to give you a little background as we're jumping into the story, um, Jesus was on this boat and he was, uh, he was fleeing this town and all these people show up because they want to hear Jesus talk. And Jesus performs this miracle and it's the fishes and the loaves. If everybody heard the fishes and the loaves, right, they don't have that much. And then Jesus ends up feeding over 5,000 people. And uh, this is where we're going to pick up uh, in the story right after that. It's uh, verse 22 here. So it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So let's just mentally go there for a second, okay? 
Let's mentally go to this place and time. This is history. This actually happened. It's easy to read stories in the Bible and go, oh, that's cute. Noah's Ark. I'll bet you it was such a cute boat and all the animals coming on. No, let's go back in time. Let's, let's think about this. You're in this boat in the middle of the night, right? And I don't know about you guys, but one of my biggest fears in life is being in, is like being in an open body of water at night, like swimming or something in that and just no land around you and you can't see anything. That just creeps me out for some reason. I remember I went on a cruise my senior year of high school and uh, I remember one night just like looking out and it's just so dark. I thought, man, if I fell into the water here, it's like game over. Like this is creepy. So they're out on this lake, right? And this isn't a small lake, it's a big lake. And I'm thinking about um, us being down at um, Alder Lake this past week and there's just something to me that's creepy. Now, imagine you're out there and... You have this guy in the middle of the night come walking towards you on the water. That is freaky. Okay, I think we'd all agree that's pretty freaky right there. That's, there's something that's scary about that. Just some guy walking out to your boat and you're like, <laughs> okay, this is not good. Right? So they're freaked out. And not only that, we obviously know that it's, in some translations it says that uh, the waves were violently beating the boat. So... It's crazy going on outside. Not only are they on this lake, but it is crazy. There's a lot of storm going on. Waves are crashing into the boat. And Jesus is just somehow calmly walking out to them, right? So that makes it even more freaky. Because when I read this story, I thought, man, when Peter gets out and all these waves are going, when he's walking, is it like, you know, pretty crazy? Because he's like riding all these waves. But no, there's this sense of peace that you get out of Jesus walking out there that when Peter steps out of the boat, Right. He finds himself walking over to Jesus. Right. And what happens to Peter? Right. He gets a couple of steps out. And he gets freaked out. Right. The winds pick up and all of a sudden he starts to sink. Now, I pointed out in first service, Peter always gets a bad rap in this story, but he's the only one who got out of the boat. He's the only one who called out to the Lord. When this was happening, right? We don't hear anybody else speaking up. And I think that's a really cool part of this story. And when he first steps out, or before he steps out, but when he first sees Jesus, he kind of, to some extent, tests to see if it's the Lord, right? He kind of says, hey, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you. Now, maybe Peter was smart enough to think this would be pretty cool to walk on water. Maybe I can slip a quick one in here with the Lord and he'll let me walk out on some water, right? But I think what was going on in his mind was I'm completely terrified, but I know that Jesus was going to come meet us in something. I'm going to take a chance here and call out to him and I'm going to put him to the test. And does Jesus let him down? No, he doesn't. He said, come on out. Come on out. And Peter gets down and he gets on the water and he starts walking towards him and he sinks because he gets afraid. Now, I want to ask you guys, is that not a great metaphor for a lot of our lives? That we start walking with the Lord, we start going strong with the Lord, and as soon as the storms in life start picking up, we start to sink. One thing I want to point out is you don't see Peter here saying to, saying to Jesus, Jesus, why'd you cause this storm? Why'd you cause this storm to happen? Why'd you do this, right? How many of us, when something happens in our life, we start to ask, God, God why'd, you, why'd you allow this person to die? God, why'd you allow this, this hurricane to wipe out this part of the land? Lord, why'd you do this, right? Notice Peter doesn't do that. 
He just starts to walk out to him, but he gets afraid. And you know what? It's hard to trust. And when you have those questions of God, why does this happen and why does that? When you let yourself go there, then you're getting completely, completely separated from the Lord. Uh, I had an experience happen to me when I was in seventh grade. And uh, I had a moment like that with the Lord where I, I was very frustrated with God on why he would let something happen. Uh, I was in seventh grade and uh, I had my favorite uncle. His name was Uncle Jimmy. And uh, he was the best, man. He would come down uh, to the springs uh, where I grew up and he would take me and my brother to Air Force football games. Uh, we'd go watch the Zoomies play and they'd have uh, the, um, the big bombers and the stealth fighter and stuff fly over before the game. My, my Uncle Jimmy would always buy me and my brother like a football. We'd tailgate. There's this big field out in front. And it was just a great experience. And I remember... We'd always go to a game every year with him. And at 48, he was diagnosed with colon cancer. And in six months, he passed away. And, you know, they usually don't tell you to start checking for that kind of stuff until you get around 50 years old. And this had just taken its toll on his body. And I remember I was so frustrated. And uh, we had an opportunity to go see him. And his body had swelled to about three times the size that it, it should be. And uh, I remember my mom and dad asking me saying, Hey, this is going to be the last time you're going to see your uncle. Um, do you want to go see him? And I remember saying no, because I remember in my mind wanting to remember him as I always had seen him before. I didn't want to have the last image of him being this guy who, you know, his body's completely failing him. So I never went and saw him and, and I, I found my escape through music. But I remember distinctly this one time I was driving in the car and it was right after he passed away and I was listening to a song and, uh, I just remember being so frustrated with God and saying, God, this guy, he was a great guy, man. This is my favorite uncle. Like when Uncle Jimmy would come over, it was the best thing in the world. And now my aunt's alone and she needs him. And I remember all these questions I would ask him, like, I don't, I don't understand what you're doing up there. But do you not see that? Like we're suffering down here. Do you not see that? Are, are you completely blind to this? And it was a big stepping stone, I think, in my walk with the Lord, because I realized I'm asking God the wrong question. I'm starting to go away from God rather than draw near to God in this horrible time, right? Because God doesn't promise us that life's going to be easy. And I think we've said that before. God doesn't promise us when we become a Christian that all of a sudden life gets easy and nothing bad happens. I heard a pastor say once, if nothing if nothing bad ever happened and if everything was perfect in the world, why would we need God? Yet when we find ourselves in those positions, we want somebody to blame. We want somebody to blame and the only person that we look to to blame is God. God, how could you? And we're wrong in doing that. We shouldn't doubt God. So I'm going to ask you the question today. Um... Why do we doubt God? Why do we get in those situations in life where we think to ourselves, God's not in control? I'll tell you this, God is always in control. And we don't know why things happen in life. So when this storm's going on and Peter's getting out, he's, he's left between trusting God and walking all the way out to him or sinking and let me tell you, if you think you would have done better than Peter, we probably all would have been like the other disciples. We probably wouldn't have even called out to him. We probably would have been that scared. The point I'm trying to make is, 
when we go through these stormy seas in life, our trust needs to be on the person who can walk above them. And that's Jesus. Have you ever been in a situation, I know a lot of you guys have kids. Have your kids ever been in a situation where they're so scared of something that they run to you? I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I was, uh, I want to say I was five or six years old. My parents took me to the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. And I was so stoked to go to the zoo. And uh, I remember I was obsessed with bears and gorillas. Those were, those were the two things, man, I was into. And uh, I remember they had the silverback gorilla at the zoo. And, man, I was so excited to see the silverback gorilla that I, uh, I uh, um, was making faces at it. I, like, walked up to the glass, and I was tapping at the glass, and I was kind of making faces at the silverback, like, you can't get me or anything like that. And my dad had gone to use the restroom, and it was me and my brother and my mom, and I'm kind of making faces at the silverback gorilla. And I kind of turn around, and I'm kind of looking at my mom, kind of like, check this out, make fun of him. And the gorilla, like, charges the glass, right, at full speed, and I look back, and all I see is this, like, gorilla, right? And he just goes up on the glass and, like, oh, man, I have never ran so fast in my life. My mom couldn't catch me, and I was running to find my dad as fast as I could, and I ended up running into the women's restroom. Like, thinking, I was just trying to find my dad, and I ended up hiding in a stall, and my mom's coming in, like, you know. I was scared, man, and I was trying to find my dad as fast as I could, because I remember thinking in my mind, the only thing that's going to be able to save me from this thing is my dad, because my dad can beat up anything, right? Because uh, I thought that about my dad. My dad was a state champion, like, wrestler, and I'm like, oh, he could take the gorilla easy. So, but I ran to him. But how come in our lives, our kids can be that way, and they can run to us when they get scared of something, and... Uh, But how come we're not like that with the Lord? How come we put ourselves in situations where something bad happens in life and we don't go to God about it? We actually want to go away from God. And I want to tell you, there's another voice that's being put into the equation here. And I I told first service, you know, I know some churches don't want to talk about the devil anymore (laughs) because they don't want to make him into some (laughs) weird thing that'll put people off like, oh yeah, there's weird demons. We don't need to talk about that. Guys, there's demons. The devil's real. And there's another voice that gets pushed on us when we get in those situations and starts telling us, go away from God. How could God let that happen? You don't need God. You're better off without God. Remember before you gave your life to him, stuff was so much better and you don't need this. And you want to know what? That same voice was talking to Peter. That same fear came upon Peter. As soon as the wind picks up, as soon as the wind picks up in this story, Peter starts to sink because he gets afraid and he doesn't think God is capable anymore. And what does Jesus do? I love how it says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Right? And he says, you of little faith. Now notice he didn't say to Peter, you have no faith. But he did say, you of little faith. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be there with Jesus that night and to watch that happen? The other thing when I was reading this story is, They just saw Jesus perform this miraculous miracle of feeding all these people. Do they not realize, I was thinking in my mind, did they not realize like how powerful Jesus is? He's the son of God, right? But sometimes when you're walking with Christ and you're going through day-to-day stuff, it seems like, oh, my walk with Jesus is great. God is capable of anything. I just got this and this. My life is wonderful. But then as soon as that storm hits, we stop trusting 
We stop trusting that God can get us out of this situation. We stop trusting that Jesus is going to be able to get us on the other side of this. I had a friend, his name was Brian, and he just came up and uh, visited us uh, last week, him and his wife. And um, I, was, I was preaching a message very similar to this in our college group. And it, we were talking about going out and telling others about Christ. And uh, Brian really took that to heart. And uh, there was this guy struggling at work. And he went and uh, he knew he wasn't supposed to talk about the Lord at work. Um, but he decided to. He decided to go all out and tell this guy about Christ because this guy kept asking him. He kept asking him, what do you have that I don't have? What do you have that I don't have? Something's different with you that I don't have. And he decided to go tell him about Christ. And uh, as soon as he told him, the guy went and told his boss and Brian was fired the next week. And you know what? He was frustrated and he came to me frustrated. And he said, dude, I really felt like God was calling me to talk to this guy. I trusted God that he was going to take care of me and I'm fired. I was like, man, do you still trust him? And he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know what to think. And then he came to me the next week and he went, man, I got offered a job this last week paying double, getting paid double what I was making. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's cool. God totally took it. He was worried. You know, he, he's married. He's got, a, he's got a wife and kids and he's worried like, oh my God. It's tough. To see God's hand in this. Now, I'm not telling you guys to go out and start doing that and everybody gets fired and they're like, you said. No. You know, listen to the Lord. That was the Lord telling him to do that. But he finally took a step of faith and he trusted God in something. He felt like he heard the Lord and he went for it. And then the storm came. And he was frustrated because he thought God had let him down, but really God had his back the whole way. So what I want to ask you today is do you walk away from Jesus? Do you retract from Jesus when something happens in your life? Or do you draw near to him? I don't know if you guys saw during that first song as we hit the instrumental, there was a verse that popped up from James 4 that says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And in some versions it says, um, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. As Peter drew near to Jesus, did Jesus come to him too? Yeah, he did. He caught him. He kept him from sinking. So Peter's first action after he was scared was to move closer to God. So why don't we? It's a simple message today. That's all I want you to think about as you leave today. When we get in tough situations, why don't we push closer to God and trust that the maker of everything conquered death, our sins washed away, why don't we trust him? Why don't we step out there and say, God, I think you know what's going on. And you know what? For some of us, it may be because we're not listening. We don't take enough time to actually listen to hear what God's doing and what God's telling us to do. For my friend Brian, that was one of the first times in his relationship with the Lord where he really felt like God was speaking to him. And I know you've probably been in a situation before where you felt like God's telling you to do something and you don't do it. Let me just tell you this. When you're walking with the Lord, you do what he asks you to do. You learn to follow that, even when it looks like you're up against a wall, even when it looks like you're going to fail, even when you look like... uh, 
it doesn't, you don't know how Jesus is going to get you out of the situation. You trust God. It says in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. That's pretty straightforward. You give your life to Jesus and then you trust. And his word says that he's going to make your path straight. But listen to this. Lean not on your own understanding. You're not going to understand why things happen in life. I don't understand why things happen in life sometimes. But you're trying to figure it out. Stop trying to figure it out. Know that Jesus has it all figured out. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. Amen? Amen. So we're going uh, to go, uh, we have communion today, um, but before we go into communion, uh, let's take a second. I want you to think about, um, as we pray, what is that area of your life that the Lord's asking you to submit to him, that he's asking you to trust him in, that maybe you've been unwilling to, maybe you don't even realize there's an area, <clears throat> and the whole reason you're here this morning is because God's like, dude, I want you to get this. I want you to figure this out. I want you to trust me in this. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for these times that we can get together and learn more, grow more. And Jesus, it's amazing as we read stories about you, how marvelous you are, how wonderful you are, how amazing you are. And it's hard to trust you sometimes. Some of the things that we go through in this life, Jesus, it's hard to put our full trust in you. But Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through you. And Jesus, we want to put all of our trust in that. So Father, I ask that you would speak to us today on those areas that you're pushing us to trust you in. And that we would give it a try. Jesus, knowing that you won't let us fall. Knowing that you will catch us and keep us from sinking. Jesus, we love you more than anything And we love you because you first loved us. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.